Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome. We're glad you're with us. I'm joined by my wife, Susan, here in the studio and our dear friend, Carol Irvin. Susan and Carol, welcome to Encounter Grace. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Well, these are the days leading up to Mother's Day, and so we want to give thanks to God for this gift called motherhood, for the gift of moms. Somebody once quipped that uh, depression prepared me for motherhood. I I think that's a little pessimistic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) A little pessimistic, but maybe at times kind of hits the mark. I'd love for us to reflect together on the beauty and the difficulty of being a mom. Of course, I'm not going to have much to say on that, uh, of meeting God in it and of blessing other moms. Carol, we are so happy to have you here. Carol has been a dear friend to us along with her husband, Steve. They have 10 children and 12 grandchildren. Yes. Mm. So we love your family and um, the blessing you've been to us in so many different ways. You have helped us in our marriage a lot. Mm -hmm. You have helped us in our parenting for sure. Carol is the one I called when I um, am at my wits end. (laughs) In your and marriage or your parenting? Both, yes. <laughs> and and don't quite know what to do because I know Carol's had 10 kids. Surely mm-hmm. she's dealt with this before. Um, but I see such grace in you mm-hmm. and in Steve and how you parent. And one of the things I always pray for myself is that our home would be an environment of grace mm-hmm. for our kids. And I've really yes. seen that um, in you and Steve so much. So we are just grateful for your influence and thought you would have some great things to share to encourage people. As well, we look you. towards Mother's Day. Um, yeah, thanks for, for being willing yes. to come because it's, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there. <laughs> but we would love, can we just ask you some questions and sure. get rolling and maybe sure. introduce folks to who you okay. are? So um, when you and Steve got married, did you know you wanted kids and did you know you wanted lots of them? So Steve and I um, got married before med school. And I was a peds nurse at the time working in Chapel Hill. So I knew I loved kids Hmm. and we didn't really think too much about um, how big a family we wanted. We both came from small families. Um, um, And in our church there in Chapel Hill, we had a lot, the blessing of having a lot of role models Hmm. from people in our neighborhood and in our church, um, godly families that um, loved their kids, were fun loving, respectful, parented with intention hmm. and just um, saw their children as a joy and a blessing. Yeah, right. um, and so that was kind of our foundation um, that the Lord had provided. And it, also at the same time, we helped a family um, in our church, Pete and Pam Muhlenberg, who had a couple biological kids, and then they decided to adopt kids that would otherwise not be adopted by uh, racial special needs. Yeah. Um, they end up adopting 10 or 11 kids. Oh, wow. And our small group helped them. We would go and babysit. We would, you know, do laundry, play with the kids, whatever they needed. And we all, the seven or eight couples that were in our small group, decided that would be something fun that we'd like to do hmm. down the road That would, because adoption is close to God's heart. Yeah, that's so, right. So um, every child needs a parent. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of our start. That's great. Wow. Thinking about parenting. So 
you decided to adopt then too. And that's obviously where that yes. began in you. You yes. all had six biological kids mm -hmm. when you adopted yes. four. Yes. And um, they were four from the same family. They were siblings. Yes, they were. Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell us how that, how that all came about and mm -hmm. happened. Well, um, we started having kids and kind of one kid after another. Um, and, um, we, uh, thought adoption is just not going to happen because we already have six kids. Right. Six. It's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> the quiver um, is full. And for me, pregnancy mm. and labor and delivery got harder and I decide I'm done. Mm. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> after our youngest son, Daniel was born, mm. I just grieved mm. at the thought, even though I didn't want to be pregnant anymore, I grieved at the thought that our family is complete mm -hmm. and our church at this point we're living in um on a farm in southwest virginia and um in another great church there that the lord um, had brought us to and there were lots of adoptive families in that church mm -hmm. so one of my friends who was adoptive mom knew about my struggle and she said have you thought about adopting and i said well of course <laughs> right but we just kind of put on the back burner who right. wants you know why would a family of six already want to adopt right. um so um so we start praying about it and the lord mm. just put that on our hearts that this was what he wanted to do um in our family and that's why i had felt like my family wasn't complete because it wasn't right right, right. he was yes. preparing you so he led us through a series of circumstances which is a whole nother story right. wow. um to adopt our four children from brazil wow and what? they were 10 um, six-year-old twins, and then um, Becky, the youngest, was 18 months. Wow. Wow. And that was, so 10 six-year-old twins, and Becky was 18 months, and Daniel, how old was, was he? Two. Was two, so really two cabooses. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and our biological kids were so excited about mm. the thought of having more siblings. Yeah. And the only requirement that one of them gave was our oldest, Hannah, at the time was 13. And she said, Mom, she said, this would be great. I'd love to have more brothers and sisters, but you can't adopt anyone older than me. So she was, <laughs> she said, wanted she was to in be charge. the oldest. <laughs> yes. So our, um, by our adopted kids just fit right in yeah, with man. ages with our biological kids. Wow. And they, of course, every family has their struggles and sure. um, ups and downs, but we really had no sibling rivalry. I mean, wow. minimal. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. So I guess when you already have so many, they're used to right. sharing mom and dad. And or maybe you're sharing. So, well, that could be too. <laughs> maybe you're so overwhelmed, you don't even notice the sibling rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. now you're empty nesters yes. or you're, all your kids are, and so, and now your grandparents and so what are like some new joys in this part of your growing family? Well, I tell you what, being a grandparent is such a joy. Um, <laughs> you have the gift of time and presence. Mm -hmm. um, you can be there, you can enjoy your grandkids in a way that you really couldn't enjoy your kids. I mean, right, I loved right. my kids. We yeah. had a very fun-loving, happy household hmm. most of the time. <laughs> but with grandkids, you don't have to worry about disciplining. Mm. Yeah. or struggling with dealing with a behavior, an ongoing behavior, you can just enjoy them for who they are and also be a resource for them, a trusted person, a, another adult. Um, and families are busy. 
Yeah. So mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. be there. And also we see ourselves as being a source of encouragement to our mm. adult kids. Right. Is like we've we don't give advice unless asked, but they often do ask. Mm. And so we're a resource. This too will pass or this is what we did. And even the other grandparents, the other in laws. We've got a lot of experience, and so we can mm -hmm. develop relationships with them. And yeah, and together help. Mm -hmm. Must be interesting because each household would be raising their kids in a slightly yes. different way, and you yes. get to transition in and out of different systems. Yes, but still be that trusted person for the kids. Yes, because mm -hmm. mom and dad are trying to get. Yes. Wow, that's I never even thought of that till. And we've I've had Nana Camp where I have the grandkids for a, <laughs> some of you all have probably met some of our oh, yeah. granddaughters that have come. So we're looking forward to continuing that as definitely. The, COVID yeah. passes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, One of the things so Carol just said, I've heard her say this many times before, is I don't give advice unless I'm asked. Yes. And um, that's partly what we're doing today is asking for your mm. advice in your story. But I'd love to say too, let's be sure, women, we are asking lots of questions and asking for direct advice mm. because we all need that help. Um, so you are a very safe person to mm -hmm. ask for advice from. And I've really appreciated that. So let's talk about some things you've learned along the way, having kids um, under your roof, under your feet. You have said, um, we need to learn to love our kids for who they are, not for who we want them to be. How hmm. would you explain that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, our kids are not, what I mean by that is our kids are not clones of us. Hmm. The Lord has hmm. created each of us in a special way with our gifts and talents and strengths and we're all unique. Mm. We're all made in his image and we want to convey that to our kids. So we don't want to convey to our kids that they have a certain standard they need to measure up to as far as, you know, academic success, athletic success, whatever our culture teaches right. is is yeah. important is not what the Lord says. Mm. The Lord mm. says, you know, I have created you, you are mine. Mm -hmm. Um and so also the fact that we all fall short and so our kids have strengths and weaknesses and we can encourage those strengths but often it's the weaknesses that the lord uses to teach us how much we need him and that he is sufficient yeah um because you don't really grow and learn through success as much as you do through failure so um so trying to appreciate our kids for who the lord made them to be um and also developing in them um, mercy and kindness. Um, we've tried, wow. we tried to um, make sure we taught our kids to take care of each other. We mm. had a rule in our house, build up or shut up. <laughs> because, you know, you nip that backbiting yeah, right. or manipulating in the bud and, um, That's good. Um, you know, teaches your kids to be kind in mm. their words and deeds. Mm -hmm. And that just gets out of out of hand so quickly like yes. even you know even in our house just thinking back a couple of weeks where it was you know well build up or shut up would have helped because all of a sudden both kids are at it yes you know and that just is life yes mm -hmm. well two kids or ten uh how do you navigate all the time pressures you know having all these kids and activities mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know this this is a world of opportunity how do yes. you navigate that so we were very intentional because we had to be mm -hmm. uh, we yeah. um 
limited the number of outside activities our kids did um, and tried to do as many in groups mm -hmm. as possible when they were young. So we all, they all took gymnastics. They all took Taekwondo. We had nine of us in the Taekwondo class, including me, because I was driving. So I'm like, well, let me take Might it. Might as well. <laughs> so that was an adventure. Um, and as the kids got over older and were doing school-related sports, then, you know, that really wasn't a burden on us as right. far as transporting them. Right. Um, but we did make a commitment to have family meals together, mm -hmm. dinners, um, and, um, um, you know, weekends. Yeah. They couldn't just be going off all the time. So I would say that you have to be intentional to resist the pressure of our culture that you need mm -hmm. to do every activity or your child needs that or they won't succeed or the children are coming to you because their friends are doing all that. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not Johnny's mom. That's really good. <laughs> and yes. you really, like you said, you said you can have one extra activity yes. and sometimes you said, and that's going to be either soccer or nothing. Yes. Right. Yes. Because you knew we just, you just couldn't, you couldn't. So right. one of the blessings of a large family again, is that, um, the choices are made for you. Right. Right. When you only have two kids, you've got to be the one deciding what am I going to, anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So, right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, another question we have is we've heard you say we're their parents and not their friends. Yes. So flesh that out a little bit. Do you? <laughs> well, you, you know, of course you love your kids and you want to be friends, but you can't be a friend to a two-year-old or a four-year-old. Hmm. They're just, too mm. little. You mm -hmm. can love them and enjoy them and teach them. Our job when they're young is to be their teachers mm. and to put boundaries in place and they may or may not like them. Um, just like the Lord does with us. Right. Yeah. And as they grow, then um, the Lord is working in them and teaching them and you can become more of a friend. Mm with your teenagers and definitely with your young adults. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're on the same page mm -hmm. as your children learn about the Lord and his sovereignty mm -hmm. over their lives, um, then you can relate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's been a lot of fun with my adult kids now. We're, we're good friends. Because you weren't friends when they were young. Yes. You had the right, uh, the right. Yes. And of course the other thing is God's, um, to understand God's sovereignty over our lives and our mm. need to, um, um, our need for him. Yeah. Then you have to understand boundaries and you have mm -hmm. to understand no. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a temptation for a lot of young parents, especially to want their children to like them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they have a hard time saying no. And the children see that real quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then they're like, um, yeah. yes, yeah, push yeah, the yeah, buttons yeah, there. Yeah. That's right. Well, we need, so we also, speaking of, of this, we need training, discipline, and even punishment, but each child kind of has different needs. Yes. So how do we work each child's personality and character and what they need in terms of these things, discipline and even punishment, but guard against favoritism? Well, you know, you set the discipline that each, as each child needs according to their personality. You still have the same rules. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The rules. Yeah. The rules don't change. But, for example, with our children, we had some that had very, the Lord just gave uh, them a tender heart mm -hmm. and a firm or even mild rebuke would cause be them to uh -huh. be enough and they'd just be in tears and horrified. Yep. 
other children, you give them, you know, and they'd stomp their foot, look at you, and put that foot right open. (laughs) So you had to come up with a different kind of discipline. But So it wasn't playing favorites. It was, Mm -hmm. what does this child need to Mm -hmm. learn the lessons Mm -hmm. of... um, that need to be taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's pivot to inner life for a moment, especially as a young mom with kids under under the roof. Um, uh, how did God meet you? And how did he keep you sane, let's say? <laughs> but how did he nourish you as you raised your family? So we, um, one part of our story that I didn't tell was our second child. I was pregnant with our second child um, back in the early 80s. And we had just moved to a new town from Steve to start his residency. And we discovered at 38 weeks that this mm. child had a um, birth defect that was um, called anencephaly. Hmm. And it was incompatible with life. Wow. So this was back before ultrasounds were routine. Um, and so this took us by surprise. Wow. Um, um, hmm. So our baby was born. Um, we named him David Zachary, and he only lived five hours. Wow. Um, our young church that we had joined gathered around us and just blessed us and nourished us. And the Lord provided um, his presence through a scripture that had been um, someone had given to us before we'd moved. Hmm. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is such a familiar scripture. Yep. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And we clung to that scripture because what the Lord showed us through that is that this um, disaster, this devastation to us, um, he was grieving along with us, but it had not taken him by surprise. And so he had prepared ahead of time for us everything we needed to deal with this grief and difficult circumstance. And so that became, I know um, Henry Blackaby talks about having a crisis of faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I can name several in my life, and that was a big one. Mm -hmm. We learned that God was sufficient. Hmm. And he doesn't stop all Hmm. the bad things. Sometimes he does in his sovereignty. Sometimes he allows them to happen. But he is sufficient. Hmm. Um, I think of John six when peter says you know the lord says are you going to leave me and peter says to whom would you go yeah Mm -hmm. we have the words Mm -hmm. of life so the lord um who do we have yeah but the lord Mm -hmm. um and so we learned that was kind of the first piece of um foundation in um my life and and the lord also provided friends and um, Mm -hmm. other young moms along the way over the years to fellowship with and encourage each other and mm-hmm. call, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you said. Um, so, mm-hmm. and time in the word, mm-hmm. even as a young mom, it's hard to find yeah. time, to, mm-hmm. but listening to scripture, I mean, that, be, mm-hmm. that becomes an anchor in your life mm-hmm. and prayer. Um, and not just a you know morning prayer, but ongoing all day right. prayers of Lord help me. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. do I do? Right. My right. husband um, Steve was in the military for twenty three years, um, active duty and reserve, and he then of course was gone at times for deployments and training, sometimes for months at a time. Hmm. And when he would leave, I'd say, okay, Lord, it's you and me. <laughs> and Psalm seventy three. Hmm. Um, let's see, I have it written down here somewhere. 
whom I have I in heaven but you, and there is nothing that my heart desires besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. Amen. So yeah. when we need the Lord, he is there. Yeah. And because if you have the foundation of a relationship and, you know, the anchor of Scripture, um, yeah. then... Yeah. It's so great. You'll get through it. Mm-hmm. When um, yeah. I think I had a three-month-old and a two-year-old, Jason was going out of town, out of the country for 10 days. And I might still be dealing with bitterness about that. but <laughs> No, but Carol, you t- called me and texted me. And I think it was that verse that you sent me and said, I'm going to be praying this for you. Mm-hmm. You can do this because the Lord is with you and yes. he's going to give you everything you need. Yes. And that was such a great encouragement and help. And yes. What a great testimony to hear how the Lord met you in so many ways like that. And he wants to meet everyone like that. Yes. He is with us. Yes. And if we seek him and call out to him, he'll answer and he'll be there. Yeah. And he lets us walk through these hard things. I mean, you knew that verse before you lost Mm. your second child, but you really knew it in that moment of loss, yes. like you comprehended it, but now you apprehended yes. it. You laid a hold of it for yourself. Yes. And what a beautiful thing that yeah, while the so Lord was meeting is. you in that, he was giving you more of himself. That's Another great. thing the Lord has given us is contentment. Hmm. Um, and as I was talking with my husband about this podcast, he says, be sure and mention that godliness hmm. with contentment is great gain. And I yeah. think once again, the pull in our culture to have more, to mm-hmm. do more mm-hmm. um, takes us away from that. Yeah. And the yeah. Lord has just given us contentment um, in every place and situation in our life. And, and, and I had to learn that too. We right. were living in the mountains in Virginia. Right. I had four small children. Steve was gone all the time with his practice. And I um, didn't have the support system around mm. that I was used to of young moms. Mm. And I... I was kind of angry at God. <laughs> right. Uh, Why did you send me here and yeah. not, um, you know, I, I need people. Right. And he showed me that, no, actually, I didn't. There was, there's a season, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, but we can't put our basis of our life and our faith and our relationship with the Lord um, on other people. It's He mm-hmm. is enough. Yeah. And so he taught me that he was enough. Mm-hmm. And so I learned contentment out there on that farm. Um, taking wow. care of chickens and dogs and <laughs> sheep and with all my little kids. And we just woke up each day and said, okay, Lord, you know, this is the day you've made. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's talk about, let's kind of transition a little bit into teenage years. And I just have one question in the teenage years for you. As the kids change and they get older, how does the parenting job change as you move from sort of elementary school into middle and high school and even on? Well, you um, you know that the Lord loves your children more than you do. And so mm. teenagers, as I mentioned earlier, and all of us, we learn through mistakes. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, our job with the teenagers is to be there as their support system. And as they spread their wings and make mistakes, we're there to say, you know, that wasn't maybe the wisest thing you did, mm-hmm. but um, where do we go from here? Right. right. And have consequences. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, sometimes your kids don't respond very well and they just go farther into um, those bad choices. 
-hmm. And that's when we know, have to trust that the Lord loves them more than we do, and he knows them better than we do. And we continue to pray right. and continue to show grace, but also put boundaries hmm. um, yeah. sometimes that are necessary. Yeah. I loved how you said it while we were talking uh, earlier um, off camera, like a couple of days ago, but just about you sort of become a coach. Or yes. you, 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 you don't, there's no, no longer all the training is, and imparting, and yes. now it's sort of cultivating what's already there. Coming alongside. Coming alongside, that's yes. what it was. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was helpful. Like the Holy Spirit. Yes. Coming alongside. Well, let's um, shift then. I, I, I would love, because, you know, when we run together and we've been hearing about each other's moms, um, you know, so this being Mother's Day weekend, yes. you are a mom, but you're also a daughter. Yes. And share with us just a little bit about your journey with your mom over the last year or so, a couple of years. So my mom um, just passed away in um, late December after a um, several, several year battle with dementia. Hmm. And um, a few years ago, I had to take her keys away. And mm -hmm. I have two siblings. Um, we're very close um, personally, but they live out of state. So mm -hmm. it was kind of on me to be the one to um, interact with mom on a regular basis. And um, then we got to the point where she needed to move into assisted living and then memory care and then a nursing home as her physical skills failed and her mind failed. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that w was one of the hardest things I've had mm -hmm. to do is is watch her it's like dying in slow motion yeah right um i mean we all die right mm -hmm. um and i but to watch to move from being a daughter to watching your mother go through this and really i had to take the role of mother to her mm -hmm. because she wasn't able to make the decisions for herself that was for her own health and safety mm -hmm. um but the gift the lord gave me mm -hmm. um in the end and kind of through that was that he was with her mm. and by the end of her life she had regained a joy that wow. I, she hadn't had in many years because she was mm. anxious about her dementia right, right. not right. really understanding what's going on and so angry mm. <laughs> um but the last the last few weeks and month of her life she just had a joy in the little things mm. um she they of course with covid we couldn't visit very much yeah but um, the staff would communicate and we would FaceTime and she'd be smiling and laughing. And mm -hmm. so that was just a real gift um, and kind of a foretaste mm -hmm. of her healing in heaven. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Well, you walked that path with grace. Mm -hmm. And I know your mom was so enriched by your care in the last few years. Even when yeah. she couldn't express it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And was anxious. Yes. Yeah. Well, Carol, thank you for joining us today. I hope, I really hope this week, all of your kids call you up and say, Mom, we love you. Uh, <laughs> as Proverbs 31 says, her children rise up and call her blessed. I just think you have, you have helped us so much in our family and in our church family. I know we're not the only ones who call on you. You probably need to turn your phone off some. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sharing from what the Lord's done in you. Thank you for the chance to, to be here. Yeah. Well, and Susan, thank you for helping make this a better conversation. And everybody, thank you for joining us. We hope you have a great week. Call your mom right now, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or 